Hello, all my fellow RCC members. This is Dr. Peter. Welcome to week 23 in the RCC. Week 23, discovering more about your exiles. We are now into the second half of our company meetings together as we continue our journey. There's 44 weeks of lessons. We are now on 23, so we've crossed that midpoint in our pilgrimage together toward greater integration. We are looking at exiles for those of you that are ready, and let's just do a quick review. So two modules ago, in week 21, we addressed accessing exiles with permission from protectors and unblending from exiles. We also got into self-assessment, the whole question of, am I ready to work with my exiles? We also looked at the motivations of exiles and protectors, how exiles want to be seen and heard and known and understood, how they want to be loved, how they want to be healed. And we've looked at the way that exiles have generally tried to communicate, which is through fusion, through blending with the self. And we went into details about how to work with exiles. The main thing here before working with exiles is to have the permission of the protectors that guard the exiles or guard against those exiles. There is an ongoing consent and agreement in order to work collaboratively and cooperatively with those exiles. There's two dangers in working with exiles, and we discussed this two modules ago in week 21. The first is being flooded or, or overwhelmed with the intensity of their experience, with pain, with chaos. And the other danger is on the other side of the continuum, and that is avoiding the exile, refusing to engage with the exile. And so we had a lot of guidelines for working with exiles in week 21. We talked about how to handle blending during work with exiles. It's all important material there. You might need to review that frequently. And we discussed the process of unblending from an exile. Now, last week, kind of continuing our review, this is in week 22, we focused on unblending from concerned parts. These are the protectors that come up. They're activated, they're triggered by the idea of you working with an exile or with your actual work with an exile. And so let's just review the general process of connecting with an exile. We want to first get the permission from your protectors, the ones that guard that exile or guard against that exile. We want to unblend from that exile. We want to check for concerned parts. We want to unblend from that exile. And we discussed the steps of unblending from an exile in week 21. Then we want to check for those concerned parts. And we worked on that last week in week 22. This week in week 23, we're going to cover more about how to find out about the exile and begin connecting with that exile. And next week, we're going to address more about developing a deeper trusting relationship with the exile. That's going to be in week 24. Last week in week 22, we, we discussed the signs that concerned parts are not giving their permission for you to work with the particular exile. We focused on how you are feeling toward the exile as an excellent and helpful way to help assess how recollected how you are, how in self you are. We talked about the signs that you're recollected and in self. And we talked about the signs that you're not recollected or not in self. And so that can be really valuable material in week 22. We don't want to rush through that. If you need to go back and review, please do. 
you always have access to these interconnections talks and and everything that I record for the RCC you have access to so you can review as needed and we talked about compassion for exiles and also the need to be separate from an exile, but also compassionate and near, that need for connection with the exile. Compassion is so necessary for exiles, and especially for exiles, in a special way, compassion is necessary because of the nature of their burdens. So let's start talking about working with exiles. And one thing that I'm going to suggest, because I get a lot of questions about, is it okay for me to work with my exiles? And the first thing I'm going to ask in response is, can you notice how it's going? How is the work going with your exiles? What is the fruit of your work? Are you in deeper connection with your parts? How are those relationships with your parts going? Am I getting destabilized? You know, do I... Do I have a sense of peace and groundedness when I do this work? Is the work sustainable, right? Or am I freaking out? Am I getting all destabilized? Am I no longer able to function to carry out my role responsibilities? Am I losing my prayer life? Am I no longer able to connect with God? Now, we have to make a distinction between two kinds of difficulties. One kind of difficulty is just the the pain or the the, the suffering or the sorrow that comes with connecting with our parts, right? Well, anytime that we get into a deeper relationship with our parts, there's going to be work involved. There's going to be sacrifice involved, usually. But there's, that's different than when there is destabilization, when we, when we lose ourselves somehow, when we you know, become ungrounded, when we spin out of control, right? We don't want that. But we do want to recognize that sometimes this work is going to be difficult, and it's not because we're doing something wrong. So that's a distinction to be able to make. How is it going? And the other thing I'm going to recommend is to discuss with your parts how the parts work is going, to actually engage in that process. Is it too much? Right Now, we want to have this collaborative and cooperative way of working together. We want parts to be on board. Um, but sometimes parts also may need just encouragement, right? But we don't want to do that in an agenda-driven way. We don't want that to be, to be um, fueled by a part, but really coming from a deep love for the part rather than from an agenda that one of our managers or firefighters might have. Connecting with your parts about your parts work is a great way to get feedback. This is again where a parts journal could be really helpful or your parts map. And, you know, again, some of you may not be working with your Excels yet. Many of you might not be working with your Excels yet. And go ahead and work with your protectors, with your managers, with your firefighters. If you're sensing that you're not ready to work with your protectors, that may be a sign to take some initiative and maybe get some professional help, a therapist or a counselor that's IFS informed, ideally someone who's Catholic, right, that can help you with this in an individual way. So we're going to work on discovering more about exiles today. So remember, we're going to work on being in self with those eight C's. Without agendas, yes, we have an overarching goal of loving and caring for our exile, but a lot of openness about the means 
in which that could happen. We're not attached to our particular way of going about this. We're open to what parts need and what is best for our parts. And we don't want to come in with necessarily preconceived ideas about that. So that's what we mean by an agenda. We remember we need to have the permission of the exile's protectors in the subsystem of parts around that exile. Each exile has at least one protector. Sometimes there's more. All the parts that are involved with protecting that exile or protecting against that exile make up that exile's subsystem. Remember, we're going to ask that exile not to overwhelm with the intensity of his or her experience so that you as the self can be separate but near, so that you as the self can be in relationship with that exile. A little blending is okay. It can be really informative, but we are thinking about this as a sip of the exile's experience, not a tsunami of the exile's experience. We don't want that overwhelm, right? So what kind of information are we looking for? Well, I'm curious about how you sense the exile. How do you experience that exile? What does that exile look like if you have a visual, right? This is the critical role of openness and curiosity. A genuine interest in the exile. And we're taking this from pages 82 and 83 of the Self-Therapy Workbook by Bonnie Weiss. With some exiles, you don't need to ask many questions. Just an open, receptive, listening ear will draw their story out of them if they have space from the protectors in their subsystem. Remember, exiles really want to feel safe and secure. They are looking for a self. Even if they don't fully understand that, exiles are looking for a self. Exiles want to be seen, heard, known, and understood. Even if they're scared, even if they're really concerned about danger, they want to connect with you as the self, but they need guidance, right? So when you are working with exiles, you can ask the exile to notice you, to look at you. Remember, exiles can be very caught up in their own experience and they might not be attending well to anyone kind of from outside themselves, including yourself right? Including when you're trying to connect and relate with that exile. Working with exiles can be like working with an infant or a toddler or a preschooler or with an older child who is really distressed. So if you're a parent, you can use some of those parenting skills that you've developed. Notice how that exile is responding to you. Remember, this is a relationship. I can't stress that enough. It's an internal relationship between you as self and your exile. And again, we want that space from other parts so that they can give you the space so that you as your core self, who, who have these capacities, right, these eight C's, to be able to connect with that exile. We may need to address issues of trust. Right? Ask the exile if she trusts you. We can find out so much by just asking. We don't have to make inferences. We can ask when we want to know something. Do you trust me? Note the reaction from the exile. Even if exiles have been pretty silent or have difficulty communicating, they almost always will respond to questions about trust. And those responses, they might be verbal, but they also might be nonverbal. So remember, some parts are very young. They might communicate primarily 
in nonverbal ways. And you see them gesture, you see them turn away or cry or, you know, other types of things that are going on inside. Could be visual, could be more auditory, could be, again, in a number of different ways. Tactile, could be memories coming up, could be images. And there's a lot of ways in which these exiles can communicate. For me, sometimes they communicate a lot through songs, song lyrics, snippets of songs. There are two reasons that Jay Early gives us for why exiles distrust us. The first is that you may not be enough in self yet. You might not be recollected enough yet. If you're blended with a concerned part, and we discuss this at length in week seven, if you're blended with a concerned part, there's going to be some kind of negativity or worry or concern that's coming in. And exiles are extremely sensitive to our attitudes toward them. And those can be really colored by concerned parts. They're those exiles are going to sense whether we're blended with a concerned part or not. And if those exiles are picking up judgment, criticism, irritation, blame, negativity of any kind, it's probably not going to feel safe enough for them to engage with you if that's strong. And these feelings, this judgment, this criticism, this irritation, blame, negativity, they can be really subtle, almost undetectable. But exiles are still hyper attuned to those kinds of experiences. The other thing to remember is to, to this ongoing monitoring of your feelings toward the exile. Right? We want to really notice if there's any hostility, disgust, contempt, criticism, disregard, callousness, coolness. All of those are signs that you're blended. It's really important to focus on compassion and the desire for connection. Those are two really important C's when we are working with exiles. Can you feel that compassion? Can you feel warmth? Can you feel love for the exile? Can you let that gently radiate toward the exile? So we want to take a moment every so often just to check in with parts inside of us, right? To see if there are concerned parts. The second reason why exiles might distrust the self, the first one, again, remember, was you're just not in self yet enough. You need to unblend a little more. But the second reason is that the exile has a history of betrayal, has experienced betrayal, carries a burden of betrayal, and the exile doesn't trust anyone. Right? So when that exile trusted in the past, she got wounded, she was re-injured, she carries an assumption that no one is trustworthy and we have to earn the trust. That can be a slow process, can take a while, takes patience, and want to lower expectations that the exile is just going to trust you, even if you're unblended. But remember, deep down, that exile wants to connect. She wants to be in relationship. Right? So often there's something very specific about the distrust. Right? The exile might have an attitude toward the self that either you don't care about me, or you just want to use me, or maybe you're not capable of helping me, or I don't know you yet, or you weren't there when I needed you. How can I be sure you'll stay with me now? Those kinds of concerns often come up with exiles toward the self. The attributes that we're looking for as we get to know exiles, these are all from the parts description worksheet, which is on your resource sheets in Mighty Networks each week, right? So these are the kinds of things we'd like to know. Age, right? Some exiles aren't great with numbers, but you can get a description of about how old they are or maybe what year it is. If they're stuck back in time, which exiles always are before they're helped. 
what kind of body sensations go with those exhales? You know, often you can feel the exhale in a particular place in your body, feeling those body sensations. What kind of recurrent prominent sensory experiences, smells, touches, you know, ways that you experience the part in a sensory way? What kind of primary emotions does that part have? And what situations activate or intensify the emotions that the exile carries? And then what makes the exile feel those emotions? What activates those emotions? What kind of situations trigger those emotions for the exile? Again, these are all on the parts description worksheet, which I put together for you. Uh, frequent thoughts and beliefs of exiles. You know, what assumptions do the exiles carry? What are the abilities, strengths, and talents of the exiles? What's the job or role that the exile has in your system? What is it keeping? What is it holding? What is it keeping and holding to keep you from being flooded with the intensity of whatever that experience is? It could be grief or shame or anger or other types of, uh, of experiences, deep, deep sadness or sorrow. What's important to the exile? What, did the, what does the exile value? What does it need? And what is its desires or goals? How well is the exile connected with you as self? What polarizations does that exile have with others? What alignments or alliances does that exile have with other parts? And this is an important one. What religious beliefs does that exile have? What, are that, what, are, what does that exile believe about God or about Our Lady? Often exiles have very strong impressions about God, very strong God images that were formed by their experiences of other persons and how they made sense of that experience, often through a very young lens. Um, and then also exiles have memories. Now this is part of a deeper inquiry. Uh, we're not learning yet in this week about how to get in touch with the prominent memories and the traumas. In two weeks, in week 25, we're going to start addressing that, but not quite yet. You want to use good prudential judgment and consultation with your parts, especially those protectors who may be concerned about your target exile, before we begin addressing those traumatic memories in your own human formation work. For now, it may be enough just to name the memory, uh, unless you're working head. If you're working with a therapist or a counselor, or you have found that you've got your own ways of connecting with your exiles about trauma, and that's working well for you, okay, great. I don't want to hold you back. Always ask the parts, though. Remember to continue to check in with parts about the process of the work that you're doing, and maintain a sense of how much in self you are, how unblended you are. You can also ask the exile, what else would you like me to know? It's really helpful to get a name, uh, how the exile identifies, how the exile sees herself or himself. And names are often related to the time when the exile was burdened, when the exile was sent away with the burden of whatever was too overwhelming to tolerate in an integrated way in the system. It couldn't be processed. It was overwhelming. So the exile holds it and keeps you safe from it. So in that, they serve this really precious role of keeping you able to function. But we do want that integration. Remember, our work is all about integration. That means all of our parts, no part left behind, no part left exiled. The names that, ex that exiles have are often related to the burden or the burdens that the exiles carry or the role that the exile has in your system. And remember, names can be changed. They're not locked in. The questions on page 82 of the Bonnie Weiss Self-Therapy Workbook are often helpful to get to know exiles once you've got that contact. Who are you? What do you do? 
What is your role in my system? What would you like me to call you? Now, there is a question here on page 82 that's really not IFS, and that's, when were you born? Right? I don't like this question. I, I, I agree with Dick Schwartz that parts don't come into being later in life. I don't think they spring out of nothing or split off from other parts. So this idea of parts being born, I'm not, I don't resonate with that. But the other ones about how old you are, what do you feel, what makes you feel that way, those are valuable questions. But again, not to be like an interview or, and certainly not like an interrogation, but a natural conversation with those parts in a way that they can find safe enough, secure enough, comfortable enough. It's like developing a relationship with another person, often a very young person. And the whole point of this is to start to get the story, the narrative about how the exile understands her experience. All right, so that's a wrap for our interconnections talk for today. Going to invite you to have a brief discussion about that interconnections talk, you know, especially about exiles. How are you doing with your exiles? How is that going for you? How are you doing with having compassion for exiles from elected, from a recollected place and that connection? And then we're going to be going into our experiential exercise. I'm going to invite you to have your parts journal handy. You also might want to get a hold of a parts description worksheet. You know, and if you need a little time to get that, uh, it's again on every resource sheet from, I don't know, week one, maybe week two on up. So you can print that out and it can also be a resource as you get to know your parts. So look forward to seeing you on the other side for the experiential exercise.